message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Now, here's Pastor Ron Bietti. Beautiful. Okay, you guys, all summer long, us announcements guys have had the opportunity to introduce our guest speakers, but this is more special. We get the opportunity to introduce coming back off a well-deserved vacation that he barely even took because he worked with us the whole time. Pastor Ron Vietti. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Good morning. I missed you guys. I really did. Missed your lovely faces. And uh, hey, love you more. Thank you. So glad to be back with you in the house of the Lord. Say hello to Northwest, Tehachapi, Vegas, Thousand Oaks. Our new Southwest will be opening in a couple months, hopefully. You've heard it said, I came back from vacation to rest. What'd you do on your vacation? Not a lot. I bought 20 chickens, and I don't even like eggs. Bought some tadpoles, because I like to hear bullfrogs. Don't ask me why. I sat around and bugged Debbie a whole lot. She was ready for me to go back to work. Oh, yeah, I bought an e-bike. Gosh, those are fun. This thing does 30 miles an hour, e-bike. Now, I know you, we got a lot of hard bike riders in the church, you know. They, they're really hard. I'm going to start riding with them. <laughs> and when they're panting, I'm just going to hit my little button and say, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come on. You pansy, can't you pedal harder? So, yeah, it was some vacation. Now, I know exactly what I'm to preach today, and it isn't going to be easy on some of you. Okay? Is that all right? Do we still love one another? Okay. I was ordered by God to preach a sermon today. I really believe that with all my heart. You're not going to leave here going, that was the best sermon Ron's ever done. You probably won't, but I think it's got the most potential to impact you as much as any sermon I've ever done. God brought you here today to encourage you, to build you up, to talk to you, convict you. Uh, the last week I've been thinking a lot about our old days. As a church, I call it our glory days. When we were in the other building over there, we had standing room only, the balcony, it was so much excitement. Our altar calls were like humongous. Uh, I mean, it was just crazy. Later came Tim Drisdale with the choir, and by the way, Tim will be leading worship for us, I think in two or three weeks, so uh, we're bringing him back for a while. Uh, and I thought, man, I want to capture that excitement, man, that, ugh. how many of you went here when we were over there in that building? Wednesday nights was our biggest service ever. Packed out, balcony, and 300 in the overflow. On Sunday, we packed it out, people in the overflow. But there was just a spirit of excitement. And I started praying this week, and I said, God, I want to recapture that spirit. Not that we don't have it now. It's cool now. But God, I want, what do we do? What do we do? And boy, did God speak to me. 
He spoke to me. Say, look at your neighbor and say, he spoke to him. He did. He said, first of all, you were holy back then. I want holiness in the house again. He said, I want you to go down through every young leader, everybody's leaders here, and I want you to talk about holiness. He said, I can't entrust people to you if you don't get holiness in the ranks. Now, I know back then we kind of took it so far, it was kind of like legalism. I told my staff, I said, this is not biblical. People can do it. But if you come on my staff, our staff, I don't want you drinking. I don't want you going to bad shows. I, I, I laid it out there. And uh, we got almost legalistic. And so I jumped, because there's nothing wrong with drinking, but there's something real wrong with getting drunk. And so I, I kind of came back, and we had a lot of rules, and so we kind of thought, you know, this is a, getting a little bit legalistic. Josh said to me, he said, he said, Dad, I think holiness is as much about what you do do as you don't do. And I think he has something there. I mean, we don't get drunk so that we can get drunk with the Holy Spirit. We don't get drunk so we can hear God and have this magnificent adrenaline run with Him. Uh, we don't go to bad movies, but instead we do go to, you know, things that edify our spirit. Can I give someone a rhema? A lot of you have friends that are quote-unquote Christians, but they're not really where they're supposed to be at with Christ. Can I say something to you you need to hear? Don't let them take you down to their level. You bring them up to your level. That's what you've been called to do. You've been called to set the pace. You've been called to be strong. Now, uh, the second thing he told me is you prayed a lot. Charlie Garcia came in, and you all came in to the sanctuary. You laid on your faces, man, and you prayed. We've got to get prayer back. My heart was broken, and I apologized to God, and I apologize to him with you here today. When is the last time we did Holy Communion? Hello. We're coming back. Pastor John said, I had a dream, and I know it's from God. I saw a hurricane, tornado setting over this place, and it was coming down and down. And you call the people to prayer, and it just swept off into the horizon. Not even there. Josh has taken off for some time. He's doing a video. He's not going to be here for a while, at least not in the pulpit. He'll be here on staff. And so you're stuck with me now. Three Sundays, one off. Three Sundays, one off. We're coming back, and we're ready. We are ready. Say, say, we're ready. We're ready for revival. Repent. Come back to Christ. Can I say it again? Repent. Come back to Christ. Let's be done with sin. Let's come back. Let's get holy. Isn't that right, Lauren? I knew you'd be in my sight. Now, the third thing and what I want to camp out on, he said, you preach the word. And I mean, we said that. We went verse by verse by verse by verse. That's what we did. We live by the word. I had my Bible with me. I didn't bring it out. But when someone would come into my office and say, I'm going to divorce my spouse, we'd go, okay, wait, let's look right here. Let's, let's turn to some pages here. Well, it looks like to me by the pages you don't have a scriptural reason. Do you remember taking a vow for better or for worse? Do you remember? Can I, can I show you on page uh, 1432 here where Jesus said, it's better not to make a vow than to make it and break it? We, 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 we went to the Word. We went to Scripture. Uh, 
I've had to tell several people that over the last two years. We actually taught something crazy. You know what we taught? That in healthy marriages, the wife's supposed to submit to the husband. Did you know that's in the Bible? Did you know that's in the Bible? Real God story. You tell me this is not a miracle. And I want to say more, so stay with me. Don't get out. I'm leaving this church. I'm, I'm in the middle of something, okay? I know it's foreign to your ears. But one day, Debbie and I, I mean, this is just the way it went down, exactly. Uh, I still remember where it was at. It was a funny university park in East Bakersfield. We were, we were talking. We'd been in a disagreement for like weeks. And finally, I said, listen to me. I know I'm hearing God. Would you please let me lead the household? Please. And she looks at me and says, oh, I don't know. So we drove out in front of the university park and I handed her a Bible. I said, right now I'm going to pray. You open that Bible and you tell me what it says. She said, okay, we'll play Ronnie game. I prayed for her. She opened it. I said, okay, what is it? Well, right here. She says, oh my goodness. It says, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Now listen to me. Don't, 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 don't tune me out yet. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Now I do believe positionally that there is to be an authority and submission in the marriage. But I have a belief that although we're still expected to keep those roles in mind because they are in the Bible, that I think mutual submission trumps it. I really believe in my life I submit to my wife more than she submits to me. You know why? Because this lady hears God more than I do. <laughs> I don't know how many times. I'd say probably maybe it's 60-40 that I have to submit to her and go, you're speaking God's word, what can I say? So although the structures remain, and I've said it before and it bears repeating probably, I mean, probably four times in our entire 53 years of marriage have we been at a place where it's a standoff and we can't come to a conclusion and Debbie will say, you're the leader of the household, make the decision to live with it. Abraham and Sarah is a good story, how she submitted and ended up being rich because of it. God, God will honor it. He will honor it. I mean, you ladies listen to me. How cool would this be for some of your marriages to go, listen to me, we got a situation in our, our family right now, we can't find an agreement on it, we can't, and you know what, honey, I want you to get your tail up there to that men's retreat, and I want you to hear God and come back down, tell us what we're going to do. Would that be cool? Hey, the men's retreat's going to be off the hook, off the hook. Some of you have never been in a place where three or four hundred men are singing praises to God up on the mountaintop. It is, it'll put chill bumps on your chill bumps. I mean, what, two or three years ago, we had a puddle this big of tears at the altar. You encourage your man to get up there. We still have some spots open. I don't know how many board meetings that I've come home to in the past, and I'll tell my wife what we, the decisions us roosters made at our board meeting. She'll say, that's like the dumbest decision I've ever seen in my life. She says, have you ever considered tit, 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 tit? And I go, oh my goodness, no. She says, well, it's plain. It's easy to see. I said, oh, I hate this when it happens. So I called my board. My wife set us straight. She said, we made a lousy decision, and we probably did. We got to repent, start all over. But my wife does understand the position. She really does. That there is an authority submission position. Now, we need to start living the Word of God, memorizing it quoting it, and if you do, your life's going to turn around and be so blessed you're not going to believe it. See, 
So often we open the Bible and start teaching and people go, what? That's in the Bible? You don't know how many Christians in Bakersfield don't even know what's in the Bible. And yet if you obey that, you'll be blessed. We've got to get back. I mean, we don't hear truth enough that sometimes when we do hear it, it offends us. We live in a cancel culture today. And they'll probably cancel me. Some of you are going to cancel me after today. And I say, you know what? Go ahead, because Romans 8, 28 says, for all things are caused by God to work together for those that love him. And so cancel me. This is going to turn into something better. Is that all right? I haven't got the tough part yet. You, you're still smiling. <laughs> Gang, I just want to uphold God's word. I, I'm not here to grow a big church. If it grows big, great. If it doesn't, great. But I got to be faithful to Him. Today, the world is so cynical and jaded. Sometimes they even blaspheme the Word of God. I mean, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just bad. And a lot of churches are so afraid of getting canceled. They're so afraid of, of, of hurting their numbers in their church that they won't be faithful to say what God tells them to say. I said before, and I'll repeat it, you older people know this, there's three kinds of pastors that the young ones that, that, that aren't smart enough to know what they're saying, and there's a middle aged tries to please everybody, and there's the old guy, just don't give a hoot. <laughs> they just say what they think. Well, you're not to grow your church big that way. I've already had a big church. Don't care to be under that bondage anymore. See, this is going to hit you. If you think just like the world thinks on most major issues, you're probably not a Christian. The Holy Spirit is probably not inside of you. If you think like the world thinks on most major decisions out there, probably you're not even saved or at least you're not walking with God. See, the world is on the other team. The people in the world are hearing a different voice and that voice they're hearing is the enemy of Jesus Christ. They're guided by another spirit. Uh, so when you think something that the world is thinking, when you're going along with their agenda, more than likely it's usually the opposite of what God thinks. Listen closely. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. We're going to get some scripture right now. I'll watch the clock. As for you, you were dead in your tres, tres, transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in everyone who's disobedient. Do you know how many of our politicians are disobedient? Do you know how many people out there that are taking on all of these causes that are disobedient? Who's working in them? It's not God. And Satan will not agree with God. So we've got to look at that and listen to it. I'm going to get tough. When I said this in Vegas, two families got up and walked out. But listen to me closely. Abortion is a sin. It's a sin before Almighty God. I know, and, and I'm a little different than some, I think there could be some exceptions to the rule. If a 10-year-old girl, girl was raped, I, I think you ought to look at those. 
I do. But listen to me closely. And I, I don't want to offend you. That's not what I'm here for. I think I was rougher in the first service, and I kind of was sorry that I was. But women are saying, this is my body, my body, my body. It is your body, sweetheart, and I agree. But that little baby isn't your body, and you don't have a right over that baby. You don't. You're, some of you, some of you are having irresponsible sex and intimacy, and you're creating a child, and then you're killing that child. Now, I say that to say a lot of women in here have had abortions, and when you come to Christ, He turns that around for your good. You got a baby waiting for you in heaven. God, He takes His kids, and He, 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 he just, you know, manipulates everything. And now you've got babies in heaven. When you go to heaven, you're going to hear, Mom, Mom, over here. It's true. That's why the gospel is called the hilarious good news. So I don't want you to be hurt by that. But listen to these verses, Genesis 1.27. Let's go back to the Word. God created man in his own image. And the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created it. What? Wait, male and female. You see two genders there? Again, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in the hot water. I might as well stay there. I don't care. I don't care what adults do. Adults, if you want to change your gender, you do what you want. But leave those children alone. Do you know there's been studies done right now of kids wanting to kill themselves because they changed their gender when they were young and they didn't know any better, and now it's killing them. Duh. 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 A child who can't even make up their mind they want to wear to school on Monday cannot change their gender. It should be illegal. It should be against the law. Listen to me. That side over there, they're bullying us around. It's time that the bullying stops and we speak our mind. The coach for Michigan football, he, uh, Harbaugh, went to a pro-life function and spoke about his feelings and his convictions. And some of the big shots came out. They blasted him on social internet like you wouldn't believe and said, you have no right to push your agenda down our throats as if they're not doing that to us. They said, you don't know science, but I know the Word of God. I know the Word of God. Let's get another verse. See, I'm getting off here. Job 33 and 4. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Psalms 119, 73, the Spirit of God has made me, or your hands made me and fashioned me. Look at Psalms 139, 13 through 16. You form me, or you formed my inward parts. You wove me. Where, where did he, you wove me where? While I was five months old in my mother's womb. You wove me while I was in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, three months old, four and five, and I was skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. 
Your eyes has seen my little four-month-old body in the womb. You've seen it. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me to live when as yet there was not one of them. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? And yet I see people profess to be Christians. And they go, well, that's just your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. It's God's opinion. You say, well, I have a right to mine. You do, but you're not a spokesman for God. He called me to be a spokesman. Eat on that for a while. I know what I'm doing. I know my father. He has sent me out here to stand. So you say, well, I just don't agree. I'm sorry. I'm leaving this church. I hate to see you leave. We love you, but you know what? You're going to hear more of this, so you probably better leave. I told you. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to the old glory days, okay? We used to sing songs. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, Father Abraham. Anybody remember that? Went through the whole moment. Pretty soon we were marching. So rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine. God made an arky, arky, we'd go on. And then I love the one. I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. I don't want to be a Sadducee. I don't want to be a Sadducee because they're so sad, you see. I don't want to be a Sadducee. All I want to be is a sheep. We would do that. A sheep. You say, you want to go back? Definitely not. No, I don't want to go back there. That was done. Then we went around laying hands on things like cars and, and vans and buildings. But we could do that then because we didn't have a reputation. Now we got a reputation. VBFs had favorite or best, thank God, for about 18 years. And we got second uh, last year, but it's like I'm the champion and I'm going back after our belt. Now, Valley Baptist is a good church, too, and uh, not as good as us, but they're good. <laughs> Just kidding. I dressed like a homeless guy, and I know other people have done that since then, but it's on the video. It's on our, white, some, our site somewhere, uh, marched to City Hall and uh, rode a motorcycle into the building, which got us off on a really wild chase with Easter. We, 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 we did some stuff for Easter we probably shouldn't have done. And we brought Vegas concerts. We brought the Blues Brothers, and we brought the Beatles, and we, I mean, we, crazy. But it all started one day when we rode a motorcycle in the sanctuary. We were all nervous. We'd never done anything radical like that before. And it was on Easter Sunday with the balcony, and I thought, oh my goodness, what if we knock that old lady over in the second row or something? And I was, are the people going to like her? They think it's too, 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 you know, fleshy. And we came in, it sounded like a stadium erupt. They were so happy. And then it went to our head, and we started getting carried away and probably sinned before God Almighty, but whatever. Uh, you know, I started thinking about the church. Some churches have made themselves now a corporation. See, you can successfully climb the ladder of success and then find out it's leaning against the wrong wall. That's what I'm going back and looking at. Someone has well said, said, a manager does things right, but a leader does the right things. 
And someone else said a leader in the church is like that guy who's in the jungle, climbs up the tallest tree and goes, wrong jungle. I want to make sure that we know we are the body of Christ in Bakersfield. We should think like Jesus, preach like Jesus, pray like Jesus. That's what we should do. And we've got to come back to that. If we have two softball teams, that's great. If we have volleyball, if we, we can get in the recreation leagues and everything, but our teams are for a purpose, to have fellowship with one another. It's not about winning and losing. Everything we do must be focused on how is Jesus glorified in this. A great manager but a poor leader can be like someone arranging deck chairs on the Titanic. So what am I saying? We've got to be like Jesus. We've got to be the salt of the earth. A city set on a hill. We've got to come back to simplicity. I was watching a UFC fight one night, and my wife came in and said, Ron, did you just see that advertisement? I said, no, you've got to look at it. And then I saw the same advertisement on a baseball, a Dodger baseball game. Take a look at the screen and see if you can see it in the background. He gets us.com. Jesus forgave errors. <laughs> he gets us.com. So I looked it up and I thought, what is this? And, and you go to the site and it says, Jesus was arrested and judged, a refugee and canceled. Jesus gets our lives because he was human too. On the site it says, have you ever been, have you ever experienced frustration? Have you ever experienced sorrow? Have you ever experienced temptation? So is Jesus. Jesus understood what life was like for people of his day, especially the marginalized. Jesus was drawn to those on the fringes because he was one too, an immigrant, homeless, arrested, and bullied. Through it all, Jesus welcomed the outcasts. He stood up for the, the women. He hung out with the troublemakers. He befriended even his enemies. And it goes on. Bravo. Bra I don't know who did that, but oh, that is so cool. Back to our idea. Why are you on this earth? I think all of us need a mission statement. Uh, I gave the guys my mission statement. I have a mission statement. I like to play with letters, and it's push to get. That's my mission statement. Can you put it up, Sandy, in the back? It's push to get. What does that stand for? This is my mission statement. I want to model Jesus to this world, and I want to model him P in prayer. I want to model him in unity. See, we're to be interdependent, not just dependent or independent, interdependent. I want to model him in serving, model him in holiness. I want to model him in giving. I want to model him in endurance. I, I put my hand to the plow fit almost 50 years ago, and I'm still here. And I want to model my, my, my Savior in trials. And that's what I'm on this earth for. So... We're going to skip over some verses, Sandy. We're going to skip over Isaiah 41, Luke 24. We just don't have time. Uh, so, so you're looking back at our glory day. So you want to go back and do what we did then? No, 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 no. I want to go back and find out what we did then to get the anointing of Christ so we can get the anointing again. But what we do today will look a whole lot different than that. I think it'll be better than that. I really do. I really do. Uh, let's all start praying. I wrote down when I came back 40 things I want to do, and I'll just give you a few of them. Number one, I wrote down, I want to start honoring first responders every week. I want a fireman's picture or a police picture up there every week. We want to pray for them in our community. I'd like to do a plus one and give some of our, our, our first responders a ticket to Disneyland or something really cool for them. Um, I want to 
go through the city every week or two, we'll declare paying it forward week. Uh, I want to get bumper stickers advertising our church. I want t-shirts, uh, maybe like the old Valley Bible heads or whatever. Uh, one Sunday, I'm going to have free tacos and free churros. They say, what are you doing? You're marketing the church. I'll do anything to get a sinner here. If I give away a free churro and it gets a sinner here to our message, I'm going to do it. Uh, neighborhood outreach, I want to see it regular again where we do haircuts, free haircuts, and fix kids' bikes. Um, I want to do plus one so we can put tires on the cars if some of our people can't afford it. I want to do plus one so we can help the elderly. The elderly are on fixed incomes. We got to get out there and help them. I want to have baptismal parties. Uh, uh, I want to get the bar ministry going. I want, I'm going to lead the bar ministry to get it off the ground where we go into the bars and love on people. Uh, Vegas outreach teams, we go to Vegas and we hit the streets on Saturday, we stay all night, and then on Sunday we attend the Vegas church. Uh, youth night, I want to find out what our youth want to do. Someone say, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an author, I want to be something. I want to bring that to the congregation so we'll help them. If they want to be a doctor, let's say for our doctors, let's get them into the places and start working with them. Oh, I'm just flooded with new vision. And I'm pretty excited about it. Now, I want to study Scripture again and in a new way. D Josh told me one day, he said, Dad, I want, to, I want to give you a compliment. You're not like most old guys. I don't know what that meant. But he said, you're willing to really take a fresh look at Scripture and make sure we've been teaching it right. For example, see, I believe that when you study Scripture, you need to step back and see the spirit of the text as much as the letter. In other words, you know, there's crazy Old Testament stories. I don't care. Was that, did that really happen? Did it not happen? Is that a myth? Is it, I don't care. I just want to see the lesson that God has for us. Uh, for example, there are churches around town that don't like us. They say, they let women teach in the pulpit. If you look at all the passages they try to use to condemn us, if you step back, it just says basically, I don't allow a woman to usurp authority over the man's role. It doesn't say they can't teach. I don't believe that. And if you say as a man you can't hear from God, then you didn't hear Vicki Loman last week. She blew it out of the park. She blew it out of the park. Now, in three weeks, we'll be at the men's retreat, and Nikki's going to be speaking. And you say, well, I don't believe in that. Then, okay, that's fine. If you don't believe in it, then she's going to speak just to the women, but you, you can tag along. Skin a cow, more ways than one. Prodigal son, we're going to look at that story again. And we're going to pull things out that we've never seen before. For example, the last place you create a memory is the place you're going to return to. He had a good memory about home, and he returned there. Uh, the lepers that were healed, the ten lepers, remember only one came back, and he gave thanks to God, and he bowed down and worshiped him. And, and, and that was just basically that young man had been taught somewhere in his home. Aren't we taught by good parents that if someone gives you a Christmas present, you say thank you. They give you a birthday present, you say thank you. Well, this guy returned and worshiped the Lord for his healing. And I came up with the idea that I heard somebody else say, I wrote it down. But anything received that doesn't turn into worship turns into pride. I say that again, anything received that doesn't turn into worship turns into pride. I'll take it even further. Success in life that has nothing to do with your purpose will create pride. It'll create pride. Let's look at these verses, and I'm going to take you around the home stretch and get you out of here. Second Peter 1, 2021, as we talk about the Word. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. 
For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Look at Psalms 119. Oh, how I love your law. Now, now listen to me. Oh, how I love your Bible. Oh, how I love to study and learn. We only love stuff that does something for us. Do you realize that? We only love stuff that's beneficial. It's my meditation all the day. Next verse. Oh, this is this this will sober you up. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altars of the souls of those who had been slain because of the Word of God and because of the testimony which they maintained. Somewhere down the road, the world's gonna kill people like me. They're gonna kill us. And I'm ready. They're gonna kill. Do you understand what that says? Down in the future, they're going to kill us because we stand on the Bible. That's how much they hate the Word of God. They don't hate it. Satan's using them as puppets. He despises it. Look at Ephesians 1, 13, 14. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were then sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. After what? After you heard, but you believed in the Word. 1 John 4, 6, we are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, for this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, it's the word of the living God which performs in you who believe. And then the last one, Matthew 7, 24, 25. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may compare it to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Because the rain's going to come on everybody. And the floods are going to come on everybody. And the winds are going to blow on everybody. And they're going to slam against everybody's house. Yet that person who built on the rock did not fall. In the Greek, that means go from a higher place to a lower place. See, you, did you ever realize this is the story of the three pigs? I mean, it, the Bible was first with three little pigs. It, it came from this. It had to come from this. The devil says, I'll huff and puff and blow your house down. And the people, wow, wow. You know, I'm not going to get into it. It is, it is the story. Ah. Uh, Now, the story of Josiah real quick. Josiah was the most godly king that ever lived. When my daughter was having a boy, I'd suggest her, I said, why don't you name him Josiah? And she did, Josiah Cruz. And my grandson is preaching all of Orange County right now. He's just 21. He's blowing it away. Did you see him was here on a Wednesday night? Did he? He looked like a 35-year-old experience. He told me, he said, Papa, I want you to mentor me. I think I've got the God story gift. But Josiah in the Bible... He was eight years old when he became king, and he immediately ordered that everybody watch Paul Patrol and Mighty Mike. Thank you. You're laughing a little bit. They didn't even laugh in the first service. They, uh, he ordered Legos in every house in Jerusalem. No. I know it's not funny. Eight years old and king. He had the high priest Hilkiah helping him. Well, tell the story real quickly. What happened is Josiah was godly from eight years old up. Start speaking the word of truth to your kids now. My little granddaughter, 
the oldest one said over and over, she's with us last week, when is church? I can't wait for church. I can't wait for church. But Josiah said, I want to rebuild God's holy house. He sent people to start the rebuilding process, and they came back, and they had a book, and they said, we found, the, I'll use it for today's, but we found the Bible. We found the book of the law. It was over in the corner, buried a bunch, a bunch of junk. We found it. And Josiah said, read it to me. And when they read it, he started tearing his clothes. And I imagine he started crying. And he was moved in the spirit, saying, my God, we've left our God. We've left him. And pick up the story in 2 Kings 22, 10 through 13. It says, moreover, Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Agbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and the people in all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us because our fathers have not listened to the Scriptures. They have not listened, and they have not done what the Scriptures told them to do. We can't be that generation. Do you know the Bible says that in the last days, the love of the majority of people will turn cold? That's talking about believers. The majority of them will turn cold. Why? Because sin will abound. In other words, temptation and sin was too much for most believers. They couldn't stand strong. And they couldn't stand strong because they were not in the Word. They were not abiding. Another verse in the Old Testament says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is destruction. Who's on the road to destruction right now? Change your ways. Repent. Get back on the right road. Now, I got about five minutes. Stay with me. Five minutes here real quickly. Here, here are six things real quick. I'll just read them to you that are going to happen when you start putting an emphasis on the Word of God. Number one, you'll have more testimonies. Here at VBF, we put a big emphasis on hearing God's voice walking in the Spirit. We have God's stories that, man, the Spirit spoke to me, and I did this, a miracle God story, and He spoke to me, and, and He moved on us, and we did that. But you know, you can have those equal results by just obeying the written Word of God. I mean, you know, just, just, it's already written. I'm not kidding. I know you'll think I'm crazy. I know I hear God. I don't hear Him all the time, but I know when it's Him. And when I was praying this week about what we need to do to get back, and He says, I want holiness in all the leadership, I had the gall to say, I said, God, could you confirm that? And this voice came out of nowhere and says, it's already in my word. I don't need to confirm it. When the Bible says that we are to you know, forgive people 70 times 7. When we forgive people, we'll have God stories. When we love our enemies and pray for them, we'll have God stories. I mean, when we start obeying the Word, not just reading it, but obeying it, number two, we will give account for our obedience to it. Did you know one day you're going to give an account for how you obeyed the written Word of God, the stuff that He put in the book? You're going to go up and say, well, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And He'll say, it's right in the book. It was right in the book. Number three, we're supposed to declare the Word of God. Declare it. Look at Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. It says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return where, where, without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout, 
It says, go to the next one, please. It says, so my word which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without, and that word is creating what I desire. And without succeeding in the matter which I desire. When you speak the word of God, it starts creating. I mean, when you speak the word of God and you plant that in somebody's heart, God will start making it grow. This word is almost like magic. In Jeremiah 23, the prophet who has a dream may relate his dream, but let him who has my word speak my word in truth. What does a straw have in common with a grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like a fire and like a hammer which shatters rocks? Number four, we need to sing the word of God. I'm thinking about having somebody come out of the guitar in the next few Sundays and sing a scripture song at the end of the service. Like, thy loving kindness is better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, you don't think so, huh? I do. Start learning scripture with somebody on a guitar. It'd be so cool. Number, number five, you can, you can read it to see our future. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, when something comes out that's really cool, we're all excited about the possibility of, there will be some theologians who come out and say, well, that isn't true, whatever. But the river Euphrates is drying up. It's almost dried. And in Revelation 16 and 12, it said it's dried up in the last days so the kings of the Orient could come across and attack Israel and come in this last battle, Armageddon. I don't know. I mean, why are all these things happening at one time? Why? All these things, the Bible, I don't want to get into it. Number six, obey it and be blessed. You say, okay, right here. It says, if I give, it'll be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down. They will pour into my lap. Try it. See what happens. Give. Give. Uh, it says, here, if we pray anything in God's will, we get it. Try it. See what happens. Rejoice in tribulation. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I'm through. Clock says I'm through. Uh, let me close this out right here. You know, I've always taught you your expectations equal your peace. Your expectations equal your peace. Some of you went into marriage thinking, oh, my marriage is going to be so glamorous. And then when it wasn't, you lost all your peace. Marriage is tough. We're going to get some bad media over this today but we're expecting it my God says that I will cause all things to work together for good if you love me or call according to my purpose we could lose people because of the way I'm preaching now what can I do please you or please him we're the salt of the earth salt stings wounds if you've never given your life to God all you have to do, you can do it in the bathroom as I did, or you can come up here at the end. Just ask the Lord to send His Holy Spirit to live in your body. Say, Lord, I need the Holy, because you can't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. That's why I said today, and I know it's kind of rough, but if you have the same Holy Spirit living in you that lives in me, when I bring out some of these things like abortion, you're automatically going to agree with me, because the Spirit in you is going to cause you to agree. If you don't agree, then maybe something's out, so you need to get right with God. So, the world is jaded. They're cynical. They don't believe in the Word of God. We've done a great job in watering the Word down and making it look like old-fashioned stuff. It's not. 
So let's be Jesus in our community, okay? I love you guys. I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry it was kind of rough today, but that is what it is. I told you you wouldn't leave going, I got a lot of new stuff today. I wasn't going to be that way. I wanted to come back with, for the sermon make you laugh and excited. I just wasn't to be. Father God, I planted the seed. Now you make it grow. Do with it whatever you want. I was faithful to what you told me. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Got prayer people up front. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our love.